Newton Media Group, a family of creative services, presents the VoiceOver Work Podcast. Today is Sunday, December 12, 2021. On the podcast today, we'll take a little deeper look into a book introduced in a previous podcast with a chapter-by-chapter look at Ace Your Exams, Tests, and Quizzes, 34 Test-Taking Strategies for Top Grades, Time Efficiency, Less Stress, and Academic Excellence, written by Peter Hollins, narrated by Russell Newton. Chapter 1, Laying the Foundation, Figuring Out When to Start Studying. Let's start at the very beginning, the planning phase. If getting a good grade on a test is your ultimate destination, then having a study plan is a roadmap to get there. If you've ever studied for tests in the past and felt like you ran out of time to fit everything in, you'll know exactly why the most important first step is to budget how many hours you have to work with. The truth is, you actually begin studying for a test from the very first day you take a class or even before. Preparing for a test should ideally be a natural extension of the focused work you've been doing with that subject all along. Done right, studying is more like revising, since if you planned ahead, you'll already have taken useful notes, reviewed them, done homework assignments and practice, and made summaries as you went along. The final days and weeks before a test are when you gather everything together and make sure you're prepared for what you'll face on exam day. You need to answer two basic questions. What do I need to cover? How much time do I have available? Sounds basic, but many students find themselves in trouble because they fail to answer one or both. Be warned, answering everything to the first question and as much time as I can humanly squeeze in is a recipe for disaster. You need to be specific. To decide what you need to focus on, you may use a guide or outline given to you by your teacher, or you can consult past papers to get a feel for the scope of what you'll be tested on and to what depth. The first question is not just about Chapter 2. Study Techniques That Work. The Leitner System. Spaced repetition is a learning technique that has significant research to support its effectiveness at improving recall. The idea is to review materials at intervals rather than all at once in a big chunk. It's the repetition that helps cement concepts more effectively in memory. The Leitner system is a method developed by German science journalist Sebastian Leitner, that helps you practice space repetition with the systematic use of flashcards and boxes. Every card begins in box one. You try each card in turn, and if you get it right, you move it to the next box. If you get it wrong, it goes down a box or stays where it is. Each box determines how much you will study each set of cards, similar to the following schedule. Every day, box one. Every two days, box two. Every four days, box three. Every nine days, box four. Every 14 days, box five. With time, 
you'll notice that you're actually sorting questions or concepts by their difficulty, ensuring that you are routinely drilling the more challenging ones in box one while spending proportionally less time on easier concepts in the higher boxes. The process is really elegant since you practice while simultaneously weighting your focus according to where it's really needed, i.e. not just repeatedly doing questions you already find easy and avoiding those you struggle with. The technique also helps you get a sense of progress. By the time all the cards have been moved to box 5, you... Chapter 3. Orienting Yourself Do a Memory Dump Okay, relax. You've done the best you can with revision. Now you're face-to-face with the exam itself, and you need a strategy. When you walk into that exam hall, you may feel like your head is an overfull jar of water, and that any sudden movements would cause everything to slosh out of it and be gone forever. If you've been studying hard, you've got a lot on your mind, and your memory's been working overtime. Brain dumps can be a useful way of relieving the tension of feeling like you have to remember countless details and facts. Instead, you sit down to do your exam and instantly write down anything and everything that you can remember about the topic, essentially dumping it out of your brain so you no longer have to make the effort to actively remember it. This is great for material you fear you may forget as the test goes on, such as scientific or mathematical formulas, special dates, codes, lists, acronyms, or terminology. It may feel a little bit like cheating, but if you quickly rehearse and drill a chemical equation before the exam, for example, then quickly write it down again the moment you're given your exam paper, you're making things a lot easier for yourself. Sometimes in the flurry of answering other unrelated questions, you can easily forget what you already know. A brain dump helps you remember these things once and bank them for later questions if you need them. This is useful if your exam takes the form of an essay that you've been required to prepare somewhat ahead of time. You can quickly sketch out... Chapter 4 Mastering Short Questions and Essays Understand Story Structure So, we've covered multiple-choice questions and essay types, arguably the easy and most difficult question formats, respectively. But what about the other question style? The good old comprehension question. Depending on the subject, you're asked to read a piece or examine an academic paper or similar and then answer questions about what you've read. This kind of question requires its own strategy. Imagine you're asked to read a story and answer the questions. You read the first question, then go to story and try to find the answer. For the next question, you can't remember much, so you go back to the story and skim it again. The third question, you still can't remember much, so you read the story again. You can see the problem. You're wasting precious time. The kind of reading you do during an exam is different from normal reading. It should be focused and targeted to maximize your time. First, do a general skim of the piece, 
noting things like the title and headings of any main paragraphs, and looking carefully at diagrams or charts. Get a general idea of what's going on in the piece. Then read the questions, so you're primed to notice the answers when you read the piece again, this time more carefully. As you read, have a pen in your hand to pick out and underline important facts, names, dates, key terms, main facts, etc. When you find an answer to a question, circle it. Look out for anything that answers when, where, how, why, who, and what. If you're Chapter 5. The Test Postmortem Sleep, relax, and get some rest. Hands up. Have you ever gotten sick immediately after finishing a long, grueling set of exams? Sleep deprivation plus chronic stress equals a recipe for disaster. If you've been consistently undersleeping, you not only impair your cognitive abilities, you also weaken your immune system and are less able to fight off bacteria and viruses. We've already seen why sleep and rest are non-negotiable for learning and consolidation of memory. But sleep after a big exam is also important. Chances are, you'll be doing a whole series of exams in one go, so it's really important to make sure you're taking enough time to properly rest after each one or you risk burning out. Most people need around 7 to 10 hours of sleep every night to be effective. But if you're working really hard, you might need to increase your normal amount a little to better recuperate. Instead, many students repeatedly get less sleep than they need and are actually working against themselves ensuring they work twice as hard for half the study gains. You need to have a good idea of what you'll be studying for any subsequent exams, but be very careful about rushing straight away into the next subject without taking a proper break. You need to gently work with your circadian rhythm, your inbuilt sense of when to sleep and wake, and keep a consistent sleep schedule even on busy study days. It may seem like a good idea to plow through for a few days, but you risk increasing your... Chapter 6. Becoming a Lifelong Learner. Learn from your mistakes. Here's a question. What are mistakes, and what is their function? For the anxious, perfectionist student, mistakes are things that shouldn't happen. They are something to be embarrassed or angry about, something to conceal or minimize if you can, and something to avoid as much as possible. But there are other ways to think about failure. Making mistakes can be seen as not only acceptable, but the single most important part of the learning process. In a real way, mistakes equals learning. Sometimes we can feel that failing or misunderstanding something is like wandering off the path, whereas for confident, successful students, the opposite is true. Failing is the path. In life, making mistakes allows you to learn what you value, what you like, what you don't want, and what you don't need. In our learning, failing tells us what works and what doesn't. 
failure is one of our most valuable teachers. When you shift your mindset, you understand that there are actually no mistakes, only lessons and learning opportunities. The irony is that if we're uncomfortable with this aspect of the learning process, we can actually exacerbate it. The easiest way to overcome any failure or mistake is to acknowledge it, digest it, and extract the valuable lesson it contains. At no point in this process are we required to feel bad about ourselves or going. This has been Ace Your Exams, Tests, and Quizzes 34 Test Taking Strategies for Top Grades, Time Efficiency, Less Stress, and Academic Excellence. Written by Peter Hollins, narrated by Russell Newton. Copyright 2021 by Peter Hollins. Production copyright by Peter Hollins. Please be sure to visit Amazon.com or Audible.com for more information on this book and the author. Show notes and further information can be found at RussellEricNewton.com. With an eclectic collection of insights, knowledge, and trivia from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Over Work podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.